Choo-choo, motherfuckers. It's the Hype Train Podcast. Now tune into the motherfucking greatest. podcast ladies and gentlemen i'm anthony arsenio i'm here today with our regular kevin j harden good evening i'm also here today with our therapist courtney miranda hello and our extraordinary friend jeremy ty hello hello what's up jeremy how you doing all right how are you doing pretty good i just spent the last two days watching alien and aliens same here which i'm pretty sure we all did Except for Courtney, who hasn't seen Alien since she was a child, and she watched Aliens with us just now. Well, it's much more, it's much easier to digest Aliens, honestly, because Alien is a straight-up horror movie. Oh yeah, Dark. Alien is a film. Aliens is a movie. Yeah, we yeah. were talking about that yesterday. Right? The <laughs> difference between that. Aliens is a movie, the but it's a good between, movie. The difference between films and movies, like Godfather Two, is a great movie, and Godfather is an amazing film. Right. And the same with like. You know, all the fact that all these Marvel movies, they're not exactly cinematic masterpieces, but they're great. So, they're movies. Exactly. Well, and also, just like Alien and The Godfather, the third movie is a total crock of shit. Oh, God. So Yeah, let's not go there. We, we don't need to get into Godfather. Because we'll need, talk about our unworthy sequel. And Sofia Coppola is not even in Alien 3, which no. is great. But Newt was in Aliens, so there is that. I kind of like Newt. Yeah, Newt's alright. I don't like how she pronounces her E's. Newt. Yeah. I'm Newt. (laughs) Newt. Mostly. They mostly come out at night. You dumb little girl and your dumb little acting choices. (laughs) We did. (laughs) She was 80s. Stupid child. She was 80s good. (laughs) 80s good. She was 80s good for a child. Okay, everything about that movie was 80s good. If you measure it by those standards. Yeah, of course. That movie came out the same year I was born, so it can do no wrong. Hear you there. But we just watched it too. We literally just watched Aliens. So that's also. And we also just watched Alien. Yes. So, um. So I guess what, where we should start today, because we have, we have a very special guest here in Jeremy, and he's got a whole bunch of notes that we made him prepare in a, in a book report. And so I kind of want to, you know, hear what you have to say about. These movies, and I guess you want to just start with yeah. Let's dive right first, in. Let's we'll dive right in. Let's start at the see beginning. Where we go. And honestly, these are just a lot of fun facts that I've compiled. I mean, it took. So why don't you just? It start did not with... take long at all because I love these movies. I even love some of the lesser ones, which we'll get to later on. But um, hold on, let's let's sum up what the movie is for any of the ignorant listeners. Yeah, that if you haven't be. seen Alien, go fuck yourself. Alien, directed by Ridley Scott, came out in 1979, starring the great Sigourney Weaver, Harry Dan Staten, Ian Holm. John Hurt, Tom Skerritt. I mean, Yafet Kano. Yeah. Yafet Kodo. Kodo. I always... Ah, oh, damn it. Yoko Kano. <laughs> groundbreaking horror film. Groundbreaking film in general. I still love this movie very, very, very much. Written what? by um, Dan O'Bannon. Yep. Who uh, was friends with John Carpenter when they went to USC. Now, 
five years before Alien came out, they actually worked on a sci-fi film called Dark Star. It's their USD student film. And it's very much a precursor to Alien, which is really fascinating. It's well, like more, in, in what way, yeah. It's more of a sci-fi comedy about, you know, you get these menial spacemen workers, and their jobs are to just destroy unstable planets that might threaten future colonization. But the tone of it is very Mike Judge. It's very, like... Much like Office Space and Idiocracy. They, oh, really? Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. They make fun of working like a menial job like this. They're not even sure like how important their job is. They don't really get monitored. And they're out in space for like 30 plus years. I, I really recommend me, seeking that out. Did you ever read that, that manga about the... I can't remember what it's called now. But it was about the, um, the like space garbage men. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've heard of that one. I it's really it. good. Yeah. All right, well, I'll, I'll, I can't remember what it's called right now, but I'll put it in the notes and everything. But, but yeah. yeah, I definitely recommend checking out Dark Star if you guys have a chance. It's uh, actually one of the early, early John Carpenter films. And, you know, he, along with Ridley Scott, you know, they're like these classic sci-fi and, you know, these amazing directors in the 70s. Think, think, it, think it's on Netflix? It's uh, available on DVD. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix. I'll, I'll, Netflix do, some, yeah, I'll do some. Netflix, Netflix. probably have it. I'll do some digging and see if I can find but Yeah, Dark Star, 1974. Dog Star. Uh, Dark Star. Yeah, Dark, Dark Star. Dog Star. Like the, the <laughs> Dog Star. Dog Star, yeah. Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, Dog um, Star. Dark yeah. Star. So Dog that's Star. interesting. Yeah. Now, now, for me, like, Alien is one of, like, my, like, the quintessential movies in my life that, like, I grew up just, like, absolutely loving both of these first two movies because, um, I don't know, they're, they're like, di they're different than a lot of, like, space movies that were around at the time. In a lot of ways, they gave birth to, like, a lot of, like, the modern space movies. Like, and we were talking about when we were watching Alien, like, there were so many of those shots where you're like, this is now in every single movie about space. Like, when they go out to the ship in the first movie, and, and they, it shows, like, you know, the, those, the characters, like, lumbering in the distance in the big, you know, astronaut suits and stuff. Like, that's, like, reminds me of, like, The Sphere. And, like, all these other movies where they're just using that sort of Ridley Scott, you know, uh, and, you know, you could even say Ridley Scott was using Stanley Kubrick-type, like, shots. These big, like, wide shots. And so that, that movie, like, Amelia, it's, like, it was one of those movies where you knew, like, this is a really fun, awesome movie, but it's also, like, a really good film it's like a, a like high class level film so what i really love about it is just how lived in the nostromo is you know their mining ship. oh it's destroyed yeah That's and it's disgusting filthy you know workspace that you know regular people regular joes is kind of it reminds me it reminds me of like the first two seasons of red dwarf yes yeah or it's just like yes. these really bleak grays and darker grays yeah, it, and lighter it's just grays. all you know, of uh it's all of like all the like you know like and I feel like I feel like uh, all the computers and stuff um, they all look like a machine that Johnny Greenwood would play in a radio headset nice I love how they're not all you know genius scientists well, they're not really astronauts they're, they're workers yeah, they're you know one of the first conversations yeah. that they have is like whether or not you know, their bonus is going to pan out. Exactly. <laughs> well, and they're all, yeah, they're all very 70s. Everybody's smoking like it's a bar. And, and sweating. And sweating, yeah. Well, sweating. in space, there is no AC. Um, I think also, the thing in the first movie that it's not as evident in Aliens, and it, it comes off really immediately in the first movie, is how natural Ridley Scott got all the actors to be. Like, they, they're just kind of, like, shooting the shit when they get up. They They're not, like, you know... 
there's not like in Aliens you feel this more scripted James Cameron they're like you know here's a one-liner here and here's a one-liner right back at you you know but with the, with Alien it's more like yeah like you were saying they're these normal people doing normal jobs they're not soldiers they're not no. warriors and so they're not makes, even scientists right they're, they're not scientists. they're grunts so they're just a bunch of people like you and I who would be caught in this situation now before we dive too much into it Courtney hasn't seen this movie since she was a child. I want to hear what she thinks the movie is about. From what I remember was there was an alien with a big head <laughs> that went out to the back and then another big old beak thing that came out from the mouth. And I just remember... That's what the movie was about? <laughs> I remember them That was the soul of the movie. <laughs> all of these vent-like things, there's not much color. I was scared shitless, and I remember hiding behind my blanket, and that's all I really remember. That is a uh, very apt description of Alien. And Alien. So glad you said that. I, I said that last night when we were watching it. I'm like, this is just a haunted house movie in space. Yeah, yeah hence, that's all it is. Yeah. Hence the tagline that, that I paraphrased earlier, you know, in space no one can hear you scream. Because, you know, you're stuck in this ship. The claustrophobia is just, it's there. It's know? intense. And a haunted, haunted, it's haunted house isn't as scary because you can actually leave the haunted house. Foreseeably. Well, you can run out of the house and run down the oh, street. Oh, you can't leave the spaceship. You can't leave you're the spaceship. Space. No right. one will hear you scream anyway. Um, one of the things I really liked about the Nostromo was that the, the interior design of the ship and some of, like, the corridors and shit, it just perfectly matched, like, the, the outer look of the alien right so it could blend in so well which is which it uses to like oh yeah and it hides like in the it'll hide in like a great advantage at the end it'll hide in like a light shadow and then just come out when it does the jazz hands and it spoilers (laughs) when it uh when it, when it when basically it, when it kills Tom Scarrett. We're yeah. not going to worry about spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> hey, if you haven't seen problem. Alien, you're an asshole, and so I don't care if well, you don't like spoilers. Yeah. She saw Alien. All right, that's true. I'm saying, like, no, if you <laughs> haven't ever seen Alien, you're an asshole. If you're that's old, enough, if you're old enough to be listening to a media podcast that's about... Yeah. Pop culture, you should probably have seen it. Yeah, if you now. click if on you, a podcast that's like this podcast is about a fucking movie you haven't seen, yeah. don't fucking listen to it, dickhead. And you know what? Like, if, if you if you haven't listened if you haven't seen the movie, one, you are a dickhead, and two, just pause this episode, go watch Alien, and come back to us. And, and you we'll really talk about well, it together. You really shouldn't worry about spoilers from a film that came out in nineteen seventy nine. So spoiler yeah. alert, everybody <laughs> except for Ripley fucking dies. Let's just get that out of the way now. So, so when Tom, as you were saying, when Tom Scarrett died, yeah, continue. Then the alien popped out of the, that the ruined background everyone's lives with jazz hands. As I wrote in my notes, death by surprise. <laughs> jazz death hands. by jazz hands. Ta-da! That's the title. Death by jazz anyway. hands. Yeah, it's like a surprise party. Yeah, it was. Uh... It was terrifying. Well, I can it's... I? Okay, so first of all, like we should obviously just get this out of the way because I'm sure a lot of people who have seen the movie might already know this one. H.R. Giger. The uh, artist, and again, I'll put lots of penises, and I'll, I'm gonna, I'll put the ass and dick, the dick and ass, Huge, brilliant, the dick and ass painting. I'll put that up. perverted, phallic. Yeah. So, he was a big <laughs> this inspiration. Movie, this movie is filled with dicks. Yes. Well, but H.R. Geiger was basically, I mean, I, what, do they, what do they call him, a consultant? He got a credit on the movie. He I mean, like he, was, he was there. He was on he, set. He designed he the creature. Producer. He designed I mean, the creature, but he also designed like a lot of the, the sets and stuff like that. But even further than that, I have to read you this, because I just want to get it right out of the way. And it kind of is a good um, sort of like lead-in to everything we're talking about, about this oh, franchise. Boy. And you already mentioned Dan O'Bannon, so oh, it's yeah. perfect. 
I'm going to read you a little quote from Dan O'Bannon now that will kind of tell you almost everything that you need to know about Alien. Okay, and this is from, he's the screenwriter, if, if you missed that earlier, what Jeremy said. Uh, Dan O'Bannon, one thing that people are all disturbed about is sex. I say, that's how I'm going to attack the audience. I'm going to attack them sexually. And I'm not going to go after the women in the audience, I'm going to attack the men. I'm going to put every image I can think of to make the men in the audience cross their legs. Homosexual, oral, rape, birth. The thing lays its eggs down your throat. The whole number. And then, lovely, I'm reading this from Crack.com, great website, right. and they put a lovely picture of Dan O'Bannon, which I'll also put up. Basically, he's wearing a uh, bow tie, suspenders, and yeah, I don't know, he has, he's white hair, beard, and, and glasses. Pretty much, lovely audience, I want here, to attack them I'm here to rape you. Yes. So that's where this whole movie started out. This the Alien franchise. It's is so wet about rape. The whole I mean, movie is so wet. Big wet dicks. Poor yeah. all the place. Poor poor Ash. I mean, he gets fucked in the face pretty wait, much. Poor. Ash. Oh, not Ash. Not Ash. I'm I was going to say Kane. Poor Ash. Poor Kane. Like, wait, Ash. Who yeah, no, 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 poor Kane. Yeah, poor poor, poor Kane. Kane. Exactly. The war <laughs> in the face. Jonathan Hurt. Yep. Oh, I love John Hurt. He's the. Well, so, and he was also, knighted recently. He's the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He's the war doctor. He doctor he's also who? he's also Winston from 1984, a really good version of so, 1984. Uh, Professor Broom and Hellboy. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. So he did the voice of Aragorn in the uh, Ralph Bakshi animated Lord of the Rings. I That's thought awesome. that was a bad choice. But to kind of bring it back to what Anthony was saying, that really because we were when we were watching it last night, it really stood out that like seeing the movie again now after seeing it like so many times in my youth and. And, and, like, kind of, you know, obviously knowing the whole story and everything that's going on in it. <clears throat> like, you have, uh, when you watch the film and you try to put yourself back in that situation, like, when you first saw the film, and, and you think about that, like, how the alien makes, I think we counted four, maybe five, like, scenes, you know, and appearances that are very, very brief and very, very, like, fraught with... Darkness. You don't really get to see a lot of its body. You don't get to see its movement. You see a lot of its face and its head. But you don't get to see it just like openly walking around like you do in Say uh, Alien. You, you don't even see the alien until an hour and right. seven minutes into the yeah. movie. So it creates that feeling that the alien, it's kind of like, and I'm going to bring up another series that's in the same like horror genre that I really like, uh, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks did this really well with the character Killer Bob. They, they introduced the character... And then, no matter what, when you're watching the film, you just think you see it. You keep thinking you see him, or you're waiting for him to just pop out. In this case, the, the alien to just pop out of the background, you know? And so knowing that it's not going to kind of cheapens that. But when you think about it, like from when people were first seeing it, that groundbreaking use of, of these low-budget effects. And I know you probably have, may have some more stories about like the budget. I don't even know what the budget was. Well, I actually don't have any notes about that. You don't that. have any of that? Well, but, I, can probably, um, I can look that up. To build on that, it's, the film is just very expertly paced. And the way that they present to you the exposition, you know, how the alien works and how its whole biological cycle works, I mean, it's very naturally paced. I mean, right. they don't and really... They, the characters learn with the audience. With the audience, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's just ingenious. I mean, it takes its time to set up its world. Totally. Well, just to point this out real quick, um, one hour and seven minutes is the first time you see the xenomorph in its full body for the first time. So. I just said that. Oh, you did say that? I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Kevin, we're gonna play really Kevin. Make sure. We're gonna play Kevin Bingo on the hype train. Oh no, you always every single episode. <laughs> every episode. Every episode. Kevin mentioned something that I mentioned just a second. Yeah. Really it's because you readers. sometimes you mention stuff offhandedly and I'm not listening. So. Kevin. Who listens, listens to podcasts anyways? Yeah, exactly. I thought it was really <laughs> fascinating how uh, Kane was the first to wake up from cryosleep, and he immediately volunteers to go on the recon mission to the derelict ship. And he's the first to die. And he's the first to die. Yeah. <laughs> Violently. Oh, yeah. Kane, if you don't remember, was the famous penis popping through the chest scene. Who actually did it in two different movies. He also appeared in a cameo role in Spaceballs. Watch out! Very famous story. <laughs> Not again! <laughs> Very famous story. Uh, Lambert, played by Veronica Cartwright. Veronica Cartwright was not told that the chest bursting scene, that gag was going to happen on yes, that take. I, so the take that's in the film, it's... It's a raw take. It's it's, it's her it's her first initial take. reaction. She wasn't expecting to get fake the, blood no. on her. I, yeah, I heard that a couple of them didn't know, but maybe it was just her. They, I heard no, that a she, few people she knew. Freaked a few. Out. She freaked out because she got blood on her, but nobody knew what the monster was going to look like. That's what it was, yeah. They were just told to like anticipate <laughs> something, and that was <laughs> Right. It's amazing. Well, I mean, we, should, we could talk about that scene a little bit, too, because I think that that's one of the... That's one of the scenes that's really the... That's iconic. Know, well, yeah, it's like it's also, also that it's is also most... in every great movie montage mm-hmm. you've ever seen. That scene's in. It. <laughs> well, and it's also very like important because of how it it sets up that that same you know that Dan O'Bannon quote I was talking about. Obviously, like you mentioned, the whole penis shaped head of the monster and everything, but also that idea of like it's it, that idea of how um, he's going after the men in the audience, like he said. He's putting all the guys are being put into this state of like they're being victimized by this by this you know creature, and I feel like in the second movie you don't really have that same feeling obviously, and the first movie that's why it's so much better, you know. And in that scene, I mean Ridley Scott and Dan O'Bannon they they lull the audience into this false. Oh sense yeah, of comfort. You they're know, all laughing. They're and laughing. Joking. They're eating food. They're joking about how bad the food is. And even when Kane starts to cough, you see Yafit Koto sitting there, being like, "Hey, man! Like, oh, come on! Like, you think like there's that? Even they don't want to believe. They want to just believe that it's over. And so do you. But yeah. you know, it's not. Like no. in your heart, you're like, Mad Magazine. This isn't a five minute movie. You know. <laughs> but I think that scene also it. It's in really the whole movie. It's uh, an an exercise in doing something that wasn't done in movies before, and like especially not in space movies. Like at that time, if you're gonna talk about like what kind, if you're gonna make a space movie, most studios are gonna be expecting Star Wars or Star Trek. Pick one, you know. And so Alien is great because it's just it introduces this new side to the sci-fi space, especially genre. Let's talk about uh, Dallas. Oh, you want to talk about Tom Skerritt? Yeah, Tom Skerritt, the star of the movie. Were we were we meant to believe that he was gonna he was the leading man of this one? Well, were we? Do you have a story play? about that? Because no, I, I really don't. Okay. I just want to talk. I was about wondering this. if you might. Because I think that was like the the red herring. Okay, well here's the thing. I feel like Tom's yeah. I feel like Tom Skerritt was like kind of big enough that like okay in 1979 if you saw that movie you would have known Tom Skerritt. In 1990-whatever, when I first saw that movie, I didn't know anybody but Sigourney Weaver. So I feel like, you know, it's like that thing. At that time, he would have been the most recognizable person probably in the movie 
other than maybe Harry Dean Stanton, maybe Yafit Koto would have been pretty recognizable, but like other than that, he's really the guy. Yeah, Koto would have been recognizable because he was fresh off of uh, Live and Let Die. Right, exactly. He was uh, Dr. Kanaga. Exactly. The first time. Uh, Roger and, Moore one, actually. And same thing, like, Harry Dean Stanton had been in plenty of movies before yeah. that and would have been a recognized actor, at least. So I felt like, you know, Skerritt was kind of the most boring one out of that. He was super seven. boring. He was so bland. Everybody else, at least, like... But he was, he was like, the stereotypical ship captain. Like, the no-guff from anyone type. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I could really find about uh, his casting was that they wanted him, he didn't really want to do it, and then through negotiations they got him, so, I mean, that's pretty typical. Tom Skerritt, everyone. Yeah! Well, you know what, that actually I think is pretty telling. Because, you know what, man, maybe the whole idea was that they pitched him the movie, and in the, because I've heard some different stories about what happened, and I do, and again, I'm going to have to look this up because I'm not going to do it right now, but I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, that the whole idea of Ripley becoming the main character was the brainchild of uh, Ridley Scott while the film was being made. He kind of, like, really loved Sigourney Weaver's acting and was like, you know what, maybe... And and it kind of would fit in with this whole Tom Skerritt being like, I would just rather not be in this movie, where the original script could have been something where you had more of that male captain being more the hero, and then Ridley kind of turns it into a movie where Sigourney emerges as the hero. Veronica Cartwright was supposed to be Ripley. Uh, really? Yes. Well, thank God. So, so but then, again, Sigourney um, kind of blew Ridley Scott away and right. they switched we, the roles. We were talking about this earlier, too. Ridley Scott has some weird stuff that happens in his movies. <laughs> this movie and Blade Runner and another movie that he's done all had the same backstory of writer gets hired, and Prometheus was another one. Oh, yeah. Writer gets hired, writes movie, Ridley Scott comes on, hires another writer, pisses off original writer. Has happened a couple times. Oh, yeah. So, there's weird stuff, and I think he's one of those directors who, for better or worse, and usually, thank God, in this film, for better, he takes charge and says, you know what? I see what she's doing on film, and it's amazing, and she's the one we have to hitch our wagon to. And he's right, because without Ridley, Alien is nothing. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Metroid doesn't even exist. No. You know what I mean? Without well, Ridley. a lot of things would not exist without Alien. Exactly. Ripley and Ridley. And that's why they named Ripley's, I mean, Ridley in Metroid after Ridley. <laughs> Good job. Scott. <laughs> Baboom. Baboom. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of direction, we were talking about this last night, Kevin, when we were watching Alien. This movie is so Kubrick-esque and, like, every slow-rolling shot. Yep. And wide expanse, just the dreary music. It was like so artsy. It was so Kubricky. Yep. It was ridiculous. It's a beautiful well, film. Oh, it's like beautiful. Another thing, like when I, I mentioned that at one point, I was like, wow, this really reminds me of Kubrick. And I think it was in one particular scene. And you were, you mentioned something about, yeah, like, um, I always do that in 19. 2001 A Space Odyssey would have come out, what? I think that was 1977 or 78. So it was really close to. Uh, to the to the time of Space Odyssey, and I felt like there's a lot of that sort of ins- inspiration being drawn from it. Those white walls and stuff, and then he's taking the Space Odyssey and kind of turning it in a different direction and going into that darkness. I mean, the one major difference to me between uh, I mean, there's so many differences. But oh, there's tons of. Di- from, I'm not comparing uh, them, but I think yeah. look wise, I'm talking about 
from a like, look as a of, space movie, I yeah. feel like he was hi- highly inspired by what Kubrick was doing. Everything is so clean in 2001. Yeah. I love 2001, but yeah, but everything at the beginning <laughs> of that movie is. I mean, I mean, you're right. The like, like, there's parts that are there's the, the dirtiness to it, but then you see there's those other parts like when they're with uh, when they're they're uh, operating, I guess you could say, on or looking at. Uh, Kane, when they bring him back in with the facehugger on, oh, yeah. that it's that shot of, of Ash and Dallas standing inside the like infirmary, and it's that white, white, white. Yeah. And then it's him taking that white and br- turning all the lights off, and all of a sudden it becomes red. It becomes you know dark blue, dark purple, and it black. You lose that white safety feeling that you would have had in at the beginning of the movie or in all of 2001. And it, you get that darkness. And actually, Kubrick did the same thing when you see at the end of 2001, when, you know, the, the pivotal scene where he's shut, trying to shut down Hal, he takes away that whiteness and brings in the red and the orange and the, like, fiery, you know, looking colors. And, and I think that Ridley Scott was hugely inspired by that movie. I don't think he made a similar movie. I'm not trying to compare them, but I'm just saying that. Oh, yeah. Look-wise, there's a lot going on that was definitely inspired, I think. I like that about it. It made it more into like, I mean, it was a horror film, but it was beautiful. It was just like the right colors, a, yeah. Just like the right look, the right, uh, the pacing of like the camera and just most of the shots was so related to like the beats in the movie. Loved that. It's right. it didn't get nutty until the aliens started like really picking them off quick. Mm-hmm. And before that, long tracking shots, you know, just like. Yep. But it was nice. It was like it wasn't too slow. It wasn't just fast enough where you're just like, all right, it's normal. But you just like knew it was slow. Right. I mean, once slow, but once you slow. get to that dinner scene, once you get to the halfway point of the movie, yeah. really, you know, that's where it really starts to pick up steam. You know, what, another thing that I really liked about this movie, and speaking of picking up steam, is that this movie starts and within two minutes you're in the thick of the plot. Like, right. oh shit, we're awake and what's going on. And then it's just questions asked and answered in the right. first, like, ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, the exposition is quick and clear. <laughs> yep, gone. Why did the computer wake us up? We're not home yet. Yeah. Boom. Answer question. <laughs> I know. Well, and also, um, another thing that we were talking about in that, too... Can I just ask, because I don't remember at all, because I was a child, um, what was the point of the exposition? Why were they going out there in the first eight That's their job. They detected derelict ship. Yep. They decided to go check it out, and... Basically, they find a dead giant gotcha. and a bunch of eggs. Ash. Uh, not Ash. I can't keep on doing that. Cain. The war doctor. He finds, he finds the eggs, and that's all she wrote, pretty much. I mean... The aliens come out from there. Well, but and also... Face hugger comes out. Boom. It's implied in Aliens, the second movie, that the company wanted them to bring... Oh, no. You, you find you that out. You find that out in the first movie. In the first right, one, no, no, yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. In the first movie. But I'm saying it's... It, so yeah. one of their science officer, Ash, I got was tasked with bringing it. Yeah, played by Ian Holm. Uh, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. <laughs> Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, bravest little hobbit of them all. Turns Rest out, in peace, Leonard. <laughs> turns out he's one of those creepy milk-filled uh, robots. Yes. And he was sent by the company to make sure that they get the specimen, or as he refers to it, the uh, perfect so, organism. So I always. This was another question I had about the. So then. That implies that they were being sent there on purpose. The corporation knows. Yeah, they, they know. Yeah, but they, they but want the, the workers themselves. The workers themselves. Know. Don't they have know. no they idea. Know. They yeah. didn't even know that uh, Ash was a robot. So they were being. But used. that's what's weird about yes. that because they almost feel like 
wouldn't it make more sense if that that they sent them to mine on that planet? Not that they were like, hey, let's have them stop off at this other planet while they're on their way back. Like, wouldn't it just be easier to be like, hey, go mine at L7? They'd be like, oh, there's like, oh, I guess maybe there's no ore there. That might answer that question. That's what Ridley Scott was like, there was no yeah, ore. They had, they had no mineral ore on that yeah. planet. <laughs> it wasn't possible. Thanks, Ridley Scott. <laughs> I just love Ash's last words, where he's just completely fucked up. I just love how and he, he just tells them, them, yeah, he smiles at them, and he says, you have my sympathies. Yep, that is really great. <laughs> well, and also, such, I, such a smug fuck for a robot. It's kind, it's kind of bad because, honestly, like when they, when they like kick his head and you can see that it's a bad dummy head, it's bad, but I will say the ash on the ground Brazzers scene is is amazing. Just be, you know, you know he's just under like a table basically, with like a head cut yeah, out. Lots like, of uh, milky white fluid. Lots of milky white so fluid. So much milk. Good lord. Someone would say that he needs someone to give him head. Someone would say. Some would say that you were being attacked sexually. Well, he some did have to, said that. Yeah, he <laughs> did try to kill writer. with a porno mag. He did, try to, he did yeah. try to kill Ripley with a porno man. Yeah, can we talk That's about that true. for a second? Yeah, that we, was fucking violent. Can we yeah. please talk about that part in general? Because I never... I mean, that I think is, again, Dan O'Bannon. But do you think that, that he wrote that in the script? He was like, then he specifically rams her in the mouth with a porno mag. Not just any magazine, a porno mag. Yeah, before he does that, he spends, like, 45 seconds crumpling it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's just like, oh. Yep. Oh. Well, in yeah, my, in get my it note, hard and I shove it in her mouth. In my notes, I actually wrote, and uh, I don't even know where. I, oh, they fell down here. In my notes, I wrote that Ash's freakout is actually the most frightening part of the movie. The alien oh. pales in comparison to what happens with Ash, and that's why it's so brilliant because you trust Ash for so much of the movie. He's you may, the, you're he's like, the villain. their doctor. He's yeah. In a, yeah, but he's a villainous character because you know he does a bunch of shit that Ripley like doesn't agree with him. But he's never like a bad guy until that moment. I mean, you, where you realize, oh my god, you're crazy. You're gonna try to kill us. You know what I mean? We see his he, eyes and fingers start waking up. Yep. That, that when he's like, blah, 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 and he's like robots. Does that mean they're sentient? Well, they're, yeah, they're cyborgs. Like, Do they have, like, feelings and stuff? Because I felt kind of bad for Bishop. Well, now, I don't know where this came from, and I'll, have to, I'll have to go down the rabbit hole and find this out, but they're cyborgs, and that's white... The white blood thing is a cyborg thing, and I don't remember where it came from. Oh, the milk? But that is... Yeah, yeah that is from something else, and it's like... I want to say Ghost in the Shell, but I know it can't be because I came out after, but it's like something, something weird like that where there is this... Something was written, maybe, maybe even William Gibson or somebody like that, because he would have predated it with some of his books. What's with all the milk? What does it do? Well, it's, it's like just, they're alien fluid. It's supposed to be, yeah, the symbol that they're aliens in a sense, but yeah. also obviously it looks like cum. So uh, they want to attack you sexually, Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, phallic. right in the mouth, right. the porno. Well, yo, like in the very end of Aliens, spoiler alert, where Bishop, the fucking other robot, gets totally like chest raped by the Queen's. Like tail. Oh yeah. There's like the slow motion, like just like milk spilling. <laughs> What'd you say? You usually just said too much milk, correct? Too yeah. much milk. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah. I don't think they're built to be completely sentient. I think he yeah. he's the first film's company stooge. They do say in the second movie that the A21s or the fuck they're called were a little twitchy. James Cameron. <laughs> twitchy. Yeah. So, like, they point out the fact that, like, Ash was, like, an older, modern robot, and 
maybe there's some problems with him. But I always had, I had the question, and I asked this right when we started up the movie, even though I was talking about Bishop as well, even though I was wrong about it. But just to to, to name it, why, other than I guess the obvious fact that you could just say, well, it's because he was a company stooge, he was working for them. Why didn't they just be like, yeah, he's a robot? Like, why didn't they just tell them? I mean, I guess. It didn't matter either way. They but could it, utilize him better that robot. way. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Artificial like, person. Okay. <laughs> he wanted to be called an artificial person. Do you well, think he did Respect that. Do you think that artificial <laughs> people should be should be paid for the for their roles in movies? You know what? Artificial people can just pack up, get the hell out of my country. <laughs> like, what about all those orcs and like elvish soldiers who died? In Lord of the Rings, but they were just computer-generated images. Do you think they should have gotten a paycheck? Or well, they in, were non-union. <laughs> remember Red Dwarf that one episode with all the wax people, and it was like all the oh, big major yeah. people. You know what I mean? Yeah, they had that, that war, and they were fighting Hitler. Yep, that was oh, actually man. one of and my Gandhi, favorite episodes. That's a great one. Remember made Gandhi do push-ups? I like how Alien has made us bring up Red Dwarf twice. Because Red Dwarf is because Red Dwarf is awesome. Red Dwarf is pretty awesome. My favorite, actually, in that episode of Red Dwarf, I love when they're. Stuck in jail, Lister and the cat, and uh, Lister looks outside and is just like, oh no, they're bringing, they're building a gallows. <laughs> oh my god, it's Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and they hang Winnie the Pooh in front of them. <laughs> oh my god, so good. But yeah. Anyways. Anyways, uh, Red, Red Dwarf, catch it on Netflix if you live in the UK, so you can also watch Better Call Saul, you jackass. And Fargo. And, fa yeah. and Fargo, yeah. Fargo, yeah. Fargo. And everything else that the Americans are not allowed to watch. That's all right. Just change the VPN on your phone. You fuckers with the iPhones can't do it. But just do that. I, Netflix. I watch, Netflix. I watch British Netflix on my phone yeah. all the time. Exactly. Here's a question me. for you. Okay. Would you go back for the cat? Fuck no. For Jones? Fuck for Jones. Cat. Fuck no. Jones killed Harry Dean Stanton. Ugh. Well, I'd go back that, to Harry I mean, Dean You know, yeah. Can we talk about would how Harry Dean? Yeah. Would you I, go back to the cat? It, um. Hmm. Yeah, probably. If it was my cat. Uh, fuck it. Was Why it her? That's the, the thing. Was it her cat? Why didn't they kill the cat? See, the alien. Jones is one of my biggest problems with the Alien franchise. What was? What the fuck was the deal with Jones? Whose cat was Jones? Why didn't they ever like Just lived point on the out? ship? Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like they, like I get it. Okay, I guess it's like your, it's everybody's cat. Is that what it was supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. Did, when and earlier in the movie did anyone say Jones? Because at the end of the movie, she's like Jones, and every time I'm just like, dude, you never called him Jones before. Why are you like Kitty, Kitty, Kitty first? So I, then when you say yeah. Jones, it makes fucking before sense. they just go, oh, it was the cat. Yeah. But I have to make maybe so somebody. You know, that's that's probably where Red Dwarf got that. I was yeah, just gonna say true. that Red Dwarf. There were, if it wasn't for the kitten. Then he wouldn't have been there. You're probably, <laughs> so you know, you're probably right. So I'm gonna like have a to. Yeah. A I'll have to. I'll have to try to like call the guys from Red Dwarf and figure that out. Oh man, you gotta call the Dave yeah. Channel. We I'm just gonna. Cat. I'll just start. You know, you, well, that's what you were talking about the other day. You know, if you if you call ten celebrities, they'll probably pick up. And you know, those guys haven't done anything since Red Dwarf, so I'm gonna be calling them. They're still doing Red Dwarf. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so Kevin, you wouldn't go back to the cat. Um. No, no, I said I would. Oh, you would? And it was my cat. Okay. It was my cat. I mean, like, dude, yeah, no, it's like the same thing. You're like, would I go back for my dog? Hell yeah. I'd go back for so my dog. So if it was my cat, I'd probably... Well, that's the thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a cat. I'd go back for a dog, not a cat. Yeah. If it was that's Jones... Okay, but wait. Time out. Would I go... That's the difference... Would I go back for Jones? Fuck, Fuck no, Jones. That cat's ginger dude, like you. Dude, how about the yeah, but how about the scene? Okay. Okay, we need to talk more about Jones because I always forgot I always forget about it, but when we watched it last night, it really stuck out to me. 
I don't remember who it was, but when one of them gets killed, there's this little back and forth between the alien and Jones. Yeah, it was Harry Dean Stanton. It was Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Where the, where, where, dude, Jones, literally, it was like Jones, it wasn't that he got him killed, it almost felt like Jones wanted him to die. <laughs> Jones is like, looking at him like, die, Harry Dean Stanton. Like, it cuts to his face and he's just like, it's a cat face. But a cat face is, die. Die, 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 It does, human. I put that in my notes. Me too, I literally wrote Jones, <laughs> die, human. Yeah. Cats um, are diabolical that way. Yeah, when, uh... When Harry Dean Stanton dies, the cat just stares. That's what I yeah. remember. Yeah, Courtney, would you go back for a homicidal cat? Potentially, allegedly, homicidal cat. Well, see, I wouldn't go back for a cat because the thing would fucking kill me. Because I am highly allergic to cat, so oh. I would throw that thing to the alien. You would airlock that shit. Okay, but what yeah. if you weren't? What What's if over there? <laughs> throw the cat. Because I wouldn't be able to see or breathe, and I'd probably die. Yeah, but you know, man. Okay, but like, what about Jones? Fuck Jones. <laughs> exactly. She doesn't even know who Jones is. She hasn't no. seen this movie in so long. Oh man. Just wanted it's to the, point out. The cat. Well, can I? I mean, but like seriously, why? But because I, 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 I gotta go back to that scene because it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that Jones was complicit in Harry Dean Stanton's death. It was almost like the alien and Jones were like, "What up?" They were like the alien looked at Jones and was like, "Hi." It didn't do anything. It, was it like, didn't ah. kill him it because it saw a fellow predator, and I mm. think he meant to do that. Recognize. Yep, it recognized the predator, <laughs> and it recognized that humans aren't. We're fucking herbivores. And later on, the aliens do <laughs> recognize omnivores. the predator yep. in those awesome AVP movies. Yeah, we'll get to like, that later. Oh. <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton, just wanted to point out, made a very prolific career out of playing the not very bright working class guy. And yeah, and also for that. being in a different—he's in a different movie in this. I don't know if I already said it today <laughs> on the actual podcast. I know I said it earlier, but he literally. Harry Dean Stanton just made his own movie in, in Alien. Yeah. They were like, hey, Harry Dean Stanton, what are you going to do? And he's like, mm, I'm going to be me. Smoke a butt the whole time. I mean, early on, he just kind of tags along. like. Yeah. Just he mumbles right. through most of the all movie right. and says, well, my favorite my favorite scene early on is when he keeps telling um, um, Powell what to say. Like, he keeps just, like, talking. And you can't, you can't hear what Harry Dean Stanton's saying. No. And so it's like... Yavikoto is like is essentially translating what he's saying because he he can't radio to them. I just love that. Like that's just Harry Dean Stanton being awesome. Really, Scott's just like yeah, don't don't mic him, don't mic him. He's like I don't care. He's we don't need to hear what he has to say. He's awesome. He's making it what I want. You know. I love the one bit in. His, his cameo in the Avengers, yeah. where he asks yes. Banner, oh, yeah, alien. Yeah. Yes. "Are you an alien?" The Hulk. Dude, Harry, Harry Dean Stanton's awesome. We could get so far into him and his his roles in like David Lynch movies and stuff. Oh. Man. So uh, we haven't talked at all really about Ripley. No, we really need to get the on the breakout her. character on Ellen. I love her. Ellen Ripley. Well, yeah, because we, we basically, you know, we mentioned how Ridley Scott really loved. Uh, Sigourney Weaver and pushed and pushed for her. Loved her enough to make her the lead instead of uh, anybody instead of Cartwright. Else. Yeah. Well, instead of anybody else, because I know that he wanted to push it being a female lead, and then that's what they gave him was those two. And yeah, like you said, they pushed Cartwright and he pushed her, rightfully so, because she is a amazing and almost a cult status type actress. She looks pretty fucking good in the movie, mm -hmm. too. She's like super 70 sexy. That was my first note. Sigourney <laughs> Weaver was, was a babe. She was a babe. The first movie, she's even more... She's cute in the first movie. Yeah, yeah she's not... She's cute, but she's not like Zool sexy. Yeah, this, well, that's the thing. In Ghostbusters, she was kind of hot. And, and I feel like in Aliens, it's not... She's more like tough looking in Aliens. I think they went more into that. 
But, like, she looks like she's, like, she's been through some shit, which she obviously has. And there is that, that is that great play between the first movie. Because in the first movie, I really, like, the first time I saw her last night, I was like, hmm, she's kind of cute. Would do Like, you, you're like, I'd oh, yeah, you'd, like, maybe, like, flirt with her a little bit at the bar. <laughs> like She hates bras, though. Yeah. Uh, she does. It's she's 70s. never wearing bras. She's, you know, women's lib, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> By the time she's probably at the fourth Alien movie, her fucking tits are down to her fucking snatch. Oh, no, she's, she's, she's still looking good. She's still she looking, looking pretty good. good, yeah. Well, can... We also have to look at it like this, man. It's not fun. They're essentially, essentially, the first movie. In the first movie, she is a young woman. Oh, you see and that then. You see that very well when she goes yep. into when she goes into stasis at the end of right. the movie. But and here's one of the things. Now I kept bringing this up when we were watching the movie, so we might as well bring it up now. In the in the second movie, there is a scene that is cut out that I feel like is very, very important to making the overall plot of Aliens and Ripley's motivations in Aliens make a lot more sense. Uh, E.g., her obsession with Newt and being a mom. And (laughs) my overall feeling that Aliens is really a mom movie, especially with its showdown between mothers at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Right. And so, here's the thing. So, to just describe it for our listeners, if they don't know about this, there's a a deleted scene from Aliens in in which... uh, It's in the director's cut. It's in the director's cut, yes. In which uh, Paul Reiser is... It's in the the beginning with Paul Reiser, who sucks dick. But anyway, where Ripley is shown a picture of her daughter, which, again, if you haven't seen Aliens, it's 57 years in the future from when Alien happened. And her daughter is now an old woman, and boom, there's your reasoning for why Ripley has this mo- mom complex and that it needs have this need to mother Newt, who is again, if you haven't seen this fucking movie, the little girl who they find at this uh, station mm-hmm. on the planet. So anyway, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna start describing the plot of the movie. You've seen the movie, right? Thank you. Plus, Good. we'll talk about aliens too later. <laughs> yeah. That kind of annoys me, though, that whole so, scene where why do they have to give, like, the main woman, who's, like, this awesome character, why does she have to do that? Why does she have to have these, like, motherly inklings? Because it's a story about she's mothers. a woman, man. Because, like, because, what? because All James Cameron. don't have that, because though. Because you know James what I mean? Cameron. What do you, go ahead, what are you going to say? Because James Cameron. Yeah. I mean, you look at Sarah Connor, and yeah. she only kicks into action hero mode when it comes to protecting her, her child. Yep. It's a weird dynamic. It's a motherly. When you think about it, it, though, too, it doesn't do feminism any favors. Aliens becomes a mom franchise in Aliens because in the first movie, she essentially and (laughs) here you go, she gets raped in a sense by the alien, and it doesn't actually like. It never. She never. There's never actually that penetration like Kane, where no, she no. gets an it egg. Just, it feels like. But rape. yeah, she is violated by the alien, and in Aliens that continues, and she now has she. But she takes on this role in Aliens that continues on, and especially is played up in Joss Whedon's uh, Alien Resurrection, where there's this mother aspect to her, like that is now. I'm trying to answer your question. Why I like about it is how I'm going to answer your question because it fits in with the alien. And when you look at the queen alien, who is the basically the main big bad at the end of Aliens, she has the same, technically the same motivations. And there's this great sort of hokey scene where Ripley is like, I'm going to shoot your baby eggs. And the queen's like, like tells her like other aliens to like back off. Of course it's a ruse, but... There's that connection, like, you're a mother, I'm a mother. She doesn't want her to hurt her babies. Recognize. Yeah, and that brings something that I don't even think James Cameron understood how awesome that was, and they never capitalize it well in the next two movies, that idea that the aliens 
really are very intelligent creatures and they're very human creatures and guess what we're no better than them we think we are but we're just as brutal to other creatures as the aliens are to us they can open and doors and they can cut the power <laughs> they do, they did cut yeah, but the that's, power. That's not cut like that's not explaining the motherly aspect. I think it's more. Like I could get down on that. I just it's just you know how you see a lot of women and they have to. I'm give just them, saying that this is what I like about you know, a love that, a love story for some yeah. kind of conflict. Like why do they have to give them that like level of vulnerability? Like they always do that with a woman. Right. Sorry. But I just. Well, but I, I like what, I can get down on what you're but saying. But if it's I part guess. of the story, yeah. that's what I'm saying. In the theatrical cut, it's not a part of her her motivation if when that scene is in the movie it all of a sudden becomes a part of her motivation because you're like oh well she's a woman but it's not just because she's a woman that she has these feelings it's because she in a sense lost her daughter and she had she lost her connection with her daughter and she's trying to regain it via newt and it was that the scene was even cut from the movie so it's not even in the movie that's not her motivation in the theatrical release of the right movie. exactly she takes care of newt yeah, I get that it's like a mother aspect, but in reality, she's the only fucking competent person in the room. Totally. She's the only person that could take care of the kid. You're going to leave her with fucking with Hudson? Cat. With, with, with Hudson? Hudson? Or Corporal Shithead? Or Paul Reiser? Uh, let's not talk about Paul Reiser. Yeah. <laughs> his quaff is violating. Yeah, his hair. His me. hair was... Offensive. They just They just skinned Jones and put it on his head. Uh. <laughs> his hair was so bad. <laughs> the jerk guy with the quaff. Paul Reiser hey, from Mad you know About what? You. Yeah, from Mad About You. Yeah. You know what? This movie came out in 1986, which is the same year I was born. And I'm going to mention that five times. He wasn't a very good actor either. Why did he always, like, whenever he was in, like, a weird situation, his eyes would go really bug-eyed? That's who I is. you guys on that, because you know what? Paul Reiser is a dickhead. I already said it before in this very podcast, but you know what? That's why I love him in that movie. Because that's the character he's supposed to be playing. A sneevy, skeevy little... Oh, you just hate him so much because he has power over her, but he is a skeevy douchebag. I wish For I the could see time. more of it, of like yeah. him getting and, killed. And he's the kind of guy who would be like, I'm going to shut the door on you guys and like... Resign you to your fate of being murdered by fucking aliens. So Just like Paul Reiser would do in real life. So they don't, <laughs> they don't like to murder people. They like to use them and harvest them, right? Well, the, that's the motherly the thing. Most of the time. Full but, circle, except for. Well, well, there's there's certain people like like even, Paul Reiser. Like Paul Reiser, and then that one girl too, where she was like, ah, fuck the pilot, and then all of a sudden you just see like blood splatter. Oh yeah, you're right. I didn't even think I, about the ant. They kill for strategy. What too, happened yeah. to Spunkmeyer? What happened? Dead. To Spunkmeyer, no, you never see it. It blew up with the shuttle. It, oh, yeah, well, I guess they both did in the end, but so did that alien. And why did they So are they that intelligent? I think they are. They were just trying to cut off their escape plan. I don't think they were they serving Newt. I think they were, like, getting honorable. ready to <laughs> impregnate her. That's why the thing came out. Oh, she was yeah. getting ready. Because the way... Yeah, no, that's what they do. The way yeah. that the aliens get you is the face hugger comes out of an egg, yep. and it lays an egg or something it impregnates you and yeah. then it dies well, the way that it, then yeah. an alien pops out of your chest and they grow up really right. fast the way the way it seems to work is that which the, ties it back into the right the alien obviously lays an egg in your mouth but what it also does is that it it's the old um you know how you give a, a cat a pill yeah. it's that thing its tail wraps around the throat which constricts the throat but it also rubs it which forces the egg down the throat so nasty I want to attack you sexually. So <laughs> nasty. Said Thank you, Daniel Patton. Screenwriter of this movie. <laughs> like, I don't have to bring that up a hundred more times. Yeah, no, this movie is about face rape of men. 
So but even the eggs like would open up. Like mm-hmm. what is it? Like little fucking vagina lips. Like well, and yeah, again to come there's back even to a part in the beginning where they're walking into like the abandoned right. ship, and there's just these big vagina shaped tubes they walk into. Yeah. Well, and again, that's something that that John Carpenter seems to miss. That Ripley, um, Ripley, I keep doing that. Ridley, Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott hit on the head so hard. Because in, in the second movie, one of the things I noticed is that the men in the movie, while they do, you know, they meet bad fates, it's not like how Alien is. It's not what Dan O'Bannon, like, was going for with his quote. In the scene where, basically, Paul, Paul Reiser, uh, his character, Burke, whatever his name is, he, um, he has, when he has uh, Ripley and Newt uh, set up for face rape so that they can get impregnated so we can bring a sample back. Like, to me, that's like John Carpenter missing the point of Alien. And then, again, when instead James of Cameron? him... Oh, James what did I say? Uh, John Carpenter. I always say... I always do that with those two. <laughs> Sorry, John Carpenter. You're way better than James Cameron. Because <laughs> um, you're listening. Uh, anyway, so yeah, when John Carpenter misses, misses the point because instead of having Burke be face raped, he just has him get killed. And you're like, wait, no, he should, they should be running by and see him, and Ripley should leave him. Because that's what everything else in that movie is. It's just like, yep, go fuck yourself, you know? And it's so, it's, it, I don't know, I feel like it doesn't have the same, like, gravitas or whatever as the first movie. No, not at all. They lose all of that, like, Kubrick goodness from mm-hmm. the first movie. It's brighter, it's more colorful, the ships don't look as bleak, they all look like tanks or the tumbler from Batman, well, like you said. Well, can we also, we gotta bring this up, because we talked about it so much when we were watching the movie, uh, James Cameron's convenient acid spray, which only seems to hit people when it needs to. Yeah. It has plot, it has like plot temperature. Yeah. Yeah. It's like only how the plot needs there's it. There's a scene where Vasquez... Plot for plot. There's a scene where the, the Vasquez character uh, is shooting an alien point in blank. the face. Point, point blank. blank. And it takes like five minutes for the alien's acid to actually hit her. And it just hits her like on her leg. slowly drip on her leg. Yep. It's like... And it doesn't even seem to really affect her either. Well, she does die from yeah. it. Yeah. When she gets destroyed by... Well, well it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't perturb her all <laughs> that she much. she explodes. Ah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of that, because even at the very end, when, when spoiler alert, Ripley's kicking ass, um, she's, like, shooting aliens right in front of her and wearing a tank top, basically, and you're like, dude, come on. Still no bra. Yeah, and no bra. And not having any complaints from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, she is, I, I did know. notice, though, that in this movie, she, like, she's supposed to be, in Aliens, she was supposed to be... So there's more of 57-year-old... Like fifty seven years older than No. She was well not not body wise. In real time she was frozen for that long. Right, but she would But still... she has an age from the first movie, but she looks I don't to me she Re- looks she still looks good, but I feel like she looks like she smoked at least a thousand packs of right. cigarettes. They didn't answer that question of wait a minute, if she was in cryostasis for fifty seven years, why is she seven years older? I guess Crowd freeze doesn't really stop your aging; it just slows it down dramatically. That's so. your okay. That, that's my. Dude, that's a good answer. The no, there you go. Boom. Especially, I don't know. <laughs> technology hadn't advanced. That's that good. Far no, that really is. That that's probably the only probably answer too. But it's like, yeah. it seems. It seems. <laughs> well, also, um, I, this was something we were talking about in the movie because there's the thing where they find they're like, again, Paul Reiser, Burke sent the fucking people. To this colony, because, okay, if you haven't seen the movie, but obviously you have, 
um, they, this colony was set up on the same planet where in the first movie they found the alien. And OV I really like this because, yes, they point out that what I think is a date, which was ended in 79, which would mean that the... Paul Reiser signed the paperwork to have those people go to that planet exactly a hundred years after Alien came out. 1979, 2079. I still feel like you're uh, reading too much significance into that date. I do, but it would fit because it would be just around that, that it would be in the time frame where it would have happened before the 57 years. So boom, it is. It's It's 2079. Whatever, I couldn't pay attention to anything after seeing Paul Reiser's haircut. No, me either. I had a hard time holding That's on after that. smarmy son of a bitch. I hate him. But you know who I hate more, guys? Newt. Who? Bill Paxton. <laughs> Bill Paxton. Yeah, Hudson. Anthony Hudson. Our one-liner machine. I don't like him. I don't like that. I feel like I could, sli- I could like slip a quarter down his teeth. <laughs> uh, I just hate his face. His dumb blue eyes. Sorry, he's Jim Cameron's buddy. His voice. Yeah, Jim Cameron oh. loves him. I hate Bill Paxton. I like how in that one scene, he's like, I have four weeks, man, and you're like, dude, since fucking when? So much you never man. brought that up before. They should have had one thing where he was like, I got four weeks, and then I'm out right at the beginning. That's it. Boom. He done. was only there for declarative sentences, so yep. like, oh, we're in danger! And like, heavy exposition. That was his job. And to like, yell. He yells a lot. Oh, he freaks movie. out. He freaks out every time anything well, goes wrong. He was also, he's supposed to be that quintessential character who just doesn't want to do anything except cry and be like, this isn't gonna work! This can't be happening, man! Now, is he supposed to speak for, like, the lowest common denominator part the of the audience? Man? Is he no. the audience? Like I said when we were watching it, he is the audience at the time, yeah. I think. I think he's supposed to relate to the audience, because the audience is like, dude, I don't want to fucking go in there with those aliens, like, would you? And so I feel like it, it speaks more to them. Because when we were watching it, at first I thought it was Michael Bean. But then I was like, no, you know what? I think He's just Kyle Reese. He's supposed yeah, to be the guy you want to be. Generic hero. He's the guy you want to be, and Bill Paxton is the guy that you fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're the, one, you're the one going, game over, man! Oh, Harsh. No. He's right, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really think that... I hate him because I am I him. am him. You should be a therapist. Right? Although I, I wish I had his one-liners. I'm a comic book therapist. What one-liners? Game over, man? I'm certified in Mexico. <laughs> this can't be <laughs> happening, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you think I was a therapist? No, no, no. That says the rapist. How a can lot they, of people how get can that they wrong. cut the power, man? They're I'm animals. <laughs> that was from Squidbillies, but still. Oh, man. <laughs> no, no. A, a lot of people must make that mistake. It's actually very common. Oh, One thing I will say about <laughs> aliens, the special effects were so much better. And, and like, specifically, oh, yeah, no. the explosion, the, the big explosion at the end of Aliens was so much better looking than what, in the first one, when she blows up the, the, the ship at the end of the first movie, it just looks like Laser Pink Floyd at the mm. Boston Planetarium. Yes. Well, and, <laughs> or Daft well, Punk and, concert. And, and the aliens, I think, is the biggest thing. Oh, That's look, an, uh, the biggest upgrade from the first movie is that the aliens themselves... They look amazing. ...are amazing. Yep. And thank you, Stan Winston. Thank you, Stan Winston. What was yep. with Rest the electrical peace, buddy. sparks, though? I felt like I was at the Museum of Science when you, like, hold... You know, like, that little, like, crystal Dude, ball thing? Dude, the place was like, blowing up. Like, <laughs> the place is exploding. But why is it blue? And why is it all just, like, really big? And it's just Dude, that random perfectly timed moment. there's electricity and it, there. And it never hits any of them. It's yeah. just, like, perfect moment. Dude, okay. Rubber boots. 
There were why, boots. Okay, why Rubber does souls. a kid get a magic movie ticket that sends him into a movie in Last Action Hero? Because it's a movie, Courtney, and they're awesome. <laughs> so we've established that Aliens is a lot less uh, heady or intellectual. Fuck yeah, yeah no, it's a a movie. Aliens? No, but, but that's what's okay what about said, it. Though. Alien is a film. Aliens is, is a movie. movie. Yeah. But it's a yeah, and that's okay because you're not, place. I don't think you can top Alien in any other way. Not cinematic. And they did at least. No, exactly. And they didn't, I don't think, like, you know, in, in the scale of like which film I'd read. like if you're like, hey, we're gonna destroy all the alien films except one, I'd be like, Oh, keep alien, please. But um you know, on the whole planet. But like uh aliens just it, it's like wh- what are you gonna do? You can't make another movie like that and just up the special effects without just going balls to the wall and being like, look, you had one alien in the first one. Now you have 50. A hundred. A hundred. Whatever it is. A you know? You have S. It was you like, have aliens. <laughs> yeah. That, this, that movie was just a smash em up video game. Yeah. Waves. Taking them out in waves. That was the... It was, right? like, the, it was like the arcade game. Yep. When they... when well, I said that. When, when they jump out at the beginning and they like are like, you know doing the squad thing, running up to the opening of the door. I was like, every, when I was a kid, it was the same thing, when I, I wanted to play that video game. And sadly, the only thing that they ever did was make Aliens Colonial Marines, which Yo. is usually considered one of the worst games Such of Such a disappointment. I'll put lots that. of great stuff about that. In the Ripley, Ripley, Ripley. She leveled up, like, numerous times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that movie is, an, the movie is essentially an RPG. It's a video game, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Collect, salvage, and collect weapons. She, she also, she, she, uh, there's this weird thing that happens in it where, like, and I'm glad Cameron did it because it made it a really important movie, and it, it also made, I think it made Alien even more important, too, because it birthed a totally new style of character, which was the female badass, which has been big for the past 10, even 20 years. And, uh, the thing that, that's really funny about that is that in the second movie, Ripley, like the first movie, Ripley is in a sense kind of a, not a damsel in distress, but she's like a growing action hero. She hasn't become the action hero until really the very end. You know what I mean? That's when she gets the courage and she finally like fights through and like defeats the alien. In the second movie, she knows fucking everything. When the lights go off, she's like, they cut the power. Like it's like, she doesn't miss a beat, you know? I don't really remember like the first one, but it kept really pissing me off when nobody listened to her in the beginning. And nobody listened to her in the second movie and either. The whole fucking reason why she was there is because they wanted her there. Like she wasn't a well, marine or anything, and nobody wanted to fucking listen to right, her. Right, to play off that, and the first movie doesn't have any of that, and that's why the first movie is once again so much superior because it it kind of has this natural feel throughout it, even when it's getting action-packed and scary, it still is natural and feels like you're right there. And I wanted to bring this up earlier because, obviously, this is the name of a video game that I'd really like to play, and I think it's also the most important word to describe the Alien series, and it is isolation. Yeah. That film, Ridley Scott played up the isolation and the, the closeness, the feeling that you were, you know, that claustrophobic feeling. In the final scene, He's literally shooting Ripley in a, a closet, and he is like right below her, and you feel like you're just like stuck in there with her, oh, like it's in tight. yes, it's everything's tight. so claustrophobic, and it it's haunted house, like we've said a couple times. So yeah, it plays up on all just like the basic fears, yeah, the dark, the jump scare, the cramped space, the lack the of tense. knowing what's there, yeah. yeah. 
I definitely jumped, even in Aliens. You heard. Well, yeah, there's that one. What was? I can't remember. She what jumped on a facehugger. The facehugger. That was yeah, in the scene. Yeah, where it's Courtney jumped at the facehugger. Yeah, that was the scene I mentioned earlier where Paul Reiser tries to get them face. But I mean the weird hey, listen, noise. Ah. Since yeah, Paul Reiser tries to fucking kill them or get them pregnant. Get them raped. His plan is so fucked up. Jeremy, can you explain to us his plan? It's also stupid. For aliens. It's also bad. It's just dumb. Freaking Paul Reiser, uh, Burke locks up uh, Newt and. Ripley in that room uh, while, well, you know, Newt was napping. Essentially, he Let knows... Let loose a couple yeah, of facehuggers. He knows they're sleeping in there. Tries to get them, I mean, in the movie's words, impregnated so that they could bring back, you know, the xenomorph. Right. The, no, the, yeah, and the scene is very, like, you tried to rape us. You tried to rape us. That's kind of how... It and he just kind of plays it, it essentially off. Essentially is, yeah. And, no, this is exactly what he says. I wrote it down. He goes, this is so nuts. With the big buzz. This is so. Uh, he basically nuts. calls. He basically calls Ripley crazy for accusing him of that. He's but like, can he you admits believe to this? it. Can you believe this? Can you but believe this? Yeah, and then he admits to it because he had to do it. That's what he says. But also, another, that's another problem. Another thing that Cameron missed. Like he, tr- in a sense, in a sense, he tried to make Paul Reiser this movie's Ash, and it doesn't work because he's too skeevy. Like, I still like him, but it doesn't work on that same level. Like, Ash is terrifying in that scene. And Paul Reiser, you don't feel terrified. You just no. feel like, ugh, you're disgusting, man. You're a loser, you and know? And then you want to shoot him in the face. Yeah. Now, uh, Vasquez. Vasquez, what about her? It's probably my favorite colonial did marine. She, uh, did she, uh, did she, do you think she ever got mistaken for a man? No, did you? Oh! <laughs> yes. I love that exchange. Several times. So good. <laughs> There's some really hammed up writing yes. in this movie. Very hammed up. Oh, Very, my favorite like I said, one it's quits, it? man. My favorite one was, yo, stop your grinning and drop your linen. Drop your linen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I was, I was a big fan of, uh, we're on an express elevator to hell. Oh, going, going down. down. <laughs> going down, yeah. Oh. My, uh, my, one of my favorites is, um, yeah, I got this little baby. <laughs> For close encounters, <laughs> and then of course later on he uses it in a close encounter. Yeah, <laughs> check off shotgun. Yeah, check off shotgun. Good <laughs> Lord, I think best line of the movie goes for me goes to Newt, where they mostly come out at night. Mostly, mostly. Okay, like like <laughs> I asked about Jones the cat. When I got him back for Newt, would you have gone? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I would have. But Ripley would have. She's a person. I would go back to try to. I would have felt. So bad for her, but I would not. I don't think I would have gotten back. Honestly, I'd go back for a girl. Dog, I'm a bad person, but not, but not, but not a cat. cat. I don't know. I would have gone back for her until I realized that she was fucking carrying around a doll head. I thought it was a whole doll, and when <laughs> I saw it was just a head, I was like, yeah, nope. You're on your own. That's all you're on your own, girl. What did she call? It? Can it's anybody remember? Had. What she was the doll's knew. name? Uh. The Diane? Harley, no, Di- the was it Diane? Was it Diane? No, it Diane. had a name because she because when she didn't want to go to sleep, she was like, "But isn't she a? Fr-? You know, she's yeah. not a friend. No, but she's not crazy. She's like, and then she she's not. She's plastic. Yeah, and she I was says like, it's just a piece of plastic. She knows it's yeah. plastic. So why are you carrying around well, a little fucking head? Yeah, but you, she's been stranded on a planet by herself for months. Yeah, knew it was just the Edward Furlong. I just of this didn't movie. realize it was just a head. Well, everybody on the planet was killed except for her because she was hiding. And, and she's she been surviving by herself it. for months. No, I know. It's they weren't just killed. They were very, like, badly killed, like, slowly. Ripped to shreds. 
and oh, like yeah. and well, use, use you also see farms. that like it was probably like a slow drip of like you know like some of them because I mean right when they get there there's a guy who just got hatched so that means he was caught like that day or the day before because as you have seen from the first movie they gestate rather quickly oh yeah and, and they so grow real fast yeah so that means that that dude at the very beginning of Aliens who's like kill me Oh, that girl? No, was that a girl? Was that a girl? No, a girl? I thought it was a boy. Was it a girl? It was a girl. Wow. It was a girl, yeah. She was like, just kill me, dude. Well, anyway, that girl, at the beginning of the movie, says, just kill me, was probably captured rather recently, which means, like, Newt has been watching them get picked off one by one, and there's a good chance that there was, like, a group of them that were able to hide away for a short time, because they show her, she had, like, a little, like, room in the vents where there was, like, stuff and, like, a bedding and shit. So they were, like, living, like, trying to hide from the aliens, and the aliens, like, hunted them down one by one. And turn them all into, like, pods for their babies. I love how it kind of becomes an alien series trope where at the very end there's, like, a secret boss fight. Yeah. Always. You Always. thought you defeated me once? Yeah. Now fight me in my final fall. Like, out? Yep. It's the old, yeah, it's the <laughs> old uh, Camp Crystal Lake dream sequence from the end of... <laughs> wow, thanks, dog. <laughs> Sam. So, yeah, it's the old Camp Crystal Lake thing from the end of uh, Friday the 13th where... The, you know, Jason comes jumping out of the uh, lake at, while the like da -da 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 music plays. Now here's like more. a comparison that's not very like profound, but I still find it very amusing. You get Alien, which is very much a very great film. You know, yes. get First Blood, which is also a good oh, you film were in a different earlier, genre. Yep. You know, but then in the '80s, James Cameron comes in takes those films and makes these action movie sequels that are just straight up action right. movies. Well, we were talking about this earlier uh, when you were hanging out at my house. It both... Okay, in Rambo, <laughs> part two, he literally solves PTSD with murdering tons and tons of Viet Cong. Yeah. 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 You just need to fight back to them. But wait, <laughs> like you said, that is how Ellen Ripley comes to terms with the aliens. She saves a little girl and kills a whole bunch of aliens and their mom she and all their, their babies. Yep. She wanted that. And she your mother, revenge. too. And, yep. you know, speaking of that, that scene was fucking awesome. That, like, just the, the practical set, it holds up so fucking well. The alien queen looked incredible. Yes. Looked real. Again, oh, yeah. Stan Winston, man. So uh, good. Wizard. Stan the, Winston. The egg nest. Yep. That was so... You fucking you know crazy. what else I you like know what it. else Stan Winston is known for, the Terminator robot. There you go, all of them. Yes, yeah. the yeah. first two. Yep, the first two Terminator movies. Stan Winston was the go-to guy for James Cameron at that time. What did you think of the aliens, Courtney? I'll put lots of stuff in the notes about him. Well, they looked like oversized bugs. They looked like oversized bugs. They're supposed to. And yes, I got that. <laughs> and what really disturbed me was when the Queen. Had her sack, and then she like punctured it. Ripley like punctured it, and it looked like egg yolks just like spewing oh, yeah. out. Yeah, and there was lovely. a bunch of water, and it was really disturbing. Well, you didn't feel attacked sexually, did you? I, I felt. Because, I felt. Yeah. I well, because you're a woman, bit. that wasn't supposed to happen. He was trying to attack the men. When the aliens. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That was the, the first group. When the aliens open their mouths and the the dick mouths come out, did it make you feel violated sexually? 
A little bit, yeah. Ah, job yeah. well done. Perfect. Dan O'Bannon. <laughs> Nailed I, it. I also think that I did notice, though, that, like, okay, we, you mentioned this when we were watching the first movie. Like, in the first movie, the alien seems to have a lot more of, they just, like, put a hose on its head. They just, like, put, like, a hose on its head when, uh, when they, like, shot it close up, so it was just, like, water pouring down its face. Oh, yeah. In Aliens, though... Vigorously. What Stan Winston did is he put the fucking, like, cum milk stuff all over their faces, and it really played up just how, like, that difference between them. But, yeah. like, I keep going I back read to that, that idea, they, man. They that... sprayed them down with water and KY jelly. Yeah, yeah. I keep going back to this idea, though, that, like, really the aliens are supposed to be just a... It's like Evangelion. They're a different thing that human beings could be. They're a different thing that we could be. They are a virus-type creature that destroys the world around them, that eats the other animals that are lesser than it, and is the top apex predator. Well, so, uh, like, <laughs> we just become, like, a, a cow to them. Prometheus, if you uh, watch that film. Right. Also directed by the great Ridley Scott. It suggested that uh, we came from the same creator. <laughs> oh yeah! Just like, yes. Holy shit! Yeah. That Just like Evangelion. <laughs> a lot of people hate that fucking movie, but I liked it. I like Prometheus. I liked yeah, it. Too. A lot of very interesting ideas. And it had, you know, maybe it was a swing and a miss, but at least it was a decent swing. It was interesting. Swing. Yeah, it, it was, was a interesting. Good swing. Well, yeah. and, and I think it was one of the. I mean, it's the honestly the best movie Ridley Scott had made in, in quite a few years, and I felt like it was really to me a throwback to those types of movies that he used to make in the 80s like Alien and Blade Runner which might be my favorite movie what if what if this whole thing was a lie when they were in homeostasis that those aliens were really just them in the future and they had evolved wait and they were killing themselves oh, what are if? xenomorphs uh people from Earth <laughs> wait a minute in the future what if before we get there dude and then come back to us and we meet them then dude or what? now stop what? stop hanging out with Damon Lindelof dude <laughs> wait a minute what if, if what if Tom skips they go forward to the xenomorphs and back to the people what if they just went another level in the dream what if it's just another part of the matrix what if oh my god oh my god oh my god what oh if god. dude what if he actually died inside that refrigerator when the nuclear bomb went off, oh and that movie God. never happened. <laughs> Does that negate That's... like Shia LaBeouf out of existence? Let's get back into Prometheus. That movie was pretty dope. Well, let's let because we were talking about this earlier. Michael what, Fassbender. What's this? So good. What, <laughs> now I already asked you this, but we can obviously do this. What's what do you think Prometheus is? And I know you already told me, but can you tell me again? <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal? Because I liked what you what we were when we were talking about it. I see Prometheus as not necessarily a prequel or a sequel. It's what they they couldn't really put a word to it. I mean, like they couldn't really name it, but it's really its own thing. It, it really just is. happens to take place in that same universe, and in um, some of the extra materials on the Blu-ray, and yeah. they suggested it in like you know they they'd mention it in the documentary, uh, the making of the film. They wanted to connect it back to Blade Runner, even. There when were, you said that all yeah. of those movies exist in the same universe. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And one of the early ideas that they kind of pitched, but they never went forward with, is uh, Roy Batty, the uh, replicant that... Um, yep. One of the replicants that Deckard is trying to hunt down in Blade Runner. The replicant. Come on, Tears and Rain. We all oh, know yeah. Roy Batty. They were going to have a reference to him as one of uh, Wayland's bodyguards. Mm -hmm. They were going to have that model as one of his bodyguards in uh, Prometheus. It's but then they awesome. never went forward with that. Prometheus 2 
was a movie that was green lit, but no production has started. It's been years. And it's kind of that green lit with Ridley. I don't think so. It was. It oh, was. It was. Okay. But what's kind of worrying was that he had other film projects to work on. He picked up um, The Martian. Yes. This and the idea. I mean, I think The Martian looks pretty good. It looks good. It looks good. But um, it seemed like they were suggesting that next film after The Martian would be Prometheus Two. But it sounds like Ridley Scott has picked up yet another film. And I also heard that Alien Five is planned as well. Well, wow, Alien 5. Yeah, let's talk about that uh, when we come back from this break. But first, I think we need to talk some shit yes, about Alien vs. Predator Requiem. And now, it's time for Talking Shit with Nick Massoni. This week, we talk about Alien vs. Predator 2 Requiem. Let me tell those kids outside to shut the fuck up. God damn it. It's a piece of fucking quiet on a Sunday. Watch little Alien vs. Predator. Those little fucking bastards in their training wheel bikes gonna run around outside at fucking 4.30. You've had the whole day. The whole day. The fucking side. They find the little shit to complain about. Like, the hash browns are no good anymore. We got a new cook. He burns them all the time. And this ketchup's imported from the north, not the south anymore. We're going to rise up. Like, shut the fuck up, Colonel Graham. Just eat your fucking hash browns. I have no idea. Once again, I don't have a single solitary fucking clue what characters are it? The only reason I know now is because I just saw the fucking Predator. Oh, Jesus Christ, that was pretty dope. So much for paying for special effects that you can't even fucking see. That That is a uh, Predalien, right? That, that's a Habsy. Somebody was fucking around with somebody's sister, and then this is what happens. The thing that kills me is every one of these creatures entered the sewer like a normal person. They went down a ladder, they went down a drain, but to leave, they break through the middle of the road and nobody sees anything. If you wanna talk, I'll slip my dick in your ass. Wow, wait a minute, wait a minute. That alien just charged in like Jurassic Park Velociraptors. Like, how ridiculous is that? Oh, really? You're gonna play the scene up from fucking original alien? Get the fuck out of here. Eat that bitch. Tell her a fucking good night. That alien with the predator head is no fucking. Oh, oh. Is she dead? What just happened? Of course, black screen, like the fucking 45% of the movie's been. Oh, someone's got a trouser snake going here. Yeah? I already know what's happening. Here's Latino Eddie. He hasn't slept or eaten for three days because he is the town sheriff and he's gonna get to the bottom of this shit. I wasn't, you know, his butt chin is extremely intense, but his um, Lionel Richie Jerry curl is really, really getting to me. Yeah, his hair's just constantly wet like a wrestler coming down the ramp, just soaked all the time. Like, why are these wrestlers all wet? All he does is drink coffee, eat at that diner, do a bunch of coke so he can stay up and fight crime. And he wears a funny hat. The National Guard's coming in. For what? What are you going to do with the National Guard, Eddie? Go home and get some sleep. Jesus Christ. You've been up for four days straight. You're not thinking rationally. Sawed off shotgun, hand on a boat, sipping on a holder, smoking on a blunt. That's what that cop was thinking right now when he cocked that fucking shotgun back. What if the Predator needed help and all of a sudden he's just standing there and he gets a voice box and he sounds like Bane? Ah! Help me take out the aliens in this town is yours! <laughs> Does anybody else smell like, um, 
smells like breakfast. One, two. Microphone checker, one, two, one, two. And tell me, motherfuckers, what you came to do. Let's pull shots, you fucking little. Wow, the lady that got impregnated orally, I guess you could call it, um, is now in a web of. D- oh! This movie has no plot. This movie has no purpose. Everything that has happened, there's no. Hey, look at uh, wasn't that Ricky sitting next to the the whore? And they hyped up that little girl in the uh, in the the night vision goggles, and haven't even haven't even seen him. She didn't even bring him with her. I'm kind of disappointed because I thought she'd be like fucking ten o'clock predator. Pew 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 guns pew pew pew. <laughs> the predator went to kick in the door, and he literally shattered the entire frame of the entire ER walk-in. When there's some sort of uh, puncture within an alien, the, the blood is sometimes acid, and then when it's just not right for the taking, it's not acid. Oh my God! Look at this kung lao motherfucker. Were those batarangs? Yeah. Oh. <gasps> the whore got killed. Ricky is crying, right? Oh, man. So now we're in the hospital, and oh my God, Ricky, stop it. Stop it right now. You didn't even bang that chick yet. You have no connection to her, and you're mad that she just got fucked up because she wanted to run ahead, run ahead, run ahead, run ahead of everybody. Oh, there you go. Yeah, shoot down. Hey, hey, listen, if he can see what he's shooting, all the more power to him. I have no fucking idea what he's shooting. Why exactly? The gun's empty. Let's throw it on the ground. Hey, I got a bulletproof vest. I'm fine. Oh, Ricky just picked up the handgun that the Predator had. I bet you it has. Oh, and Ricky. Hey, hey, so much for your bulletproof vest, you fucktard. Because you know what? You just got a fucking tail through your back. And these assholes go after it with regular bullets. How much longer is this movie? I mean, it's fucking painful, bro. It, it is really bad. I mean, I couldn't finish watching Karate Kid for personal reasons, but this movie is just... Okay, here's a good visual for you. If you ever seen Spaceballs, the Pred Alien head, now that I saw it with enough sunlight, looks like Big Helmet. Dark Helmet, thank you. I, I wasn't mean to offend everybody. I just had a couple of shots in me, and Dark Helmet it is. Big Helmet, Dark Helmet, White Helmet, Blue Helmet purple helmet who gives a fuck everybody knows who i'm talking about rick moranis played the character that's what pred alien's head looks like oh let's go because he got to the chopper all the technology in the world they're throwing punches they're literally they were just punching each other in their big fucking heads dropping a ball they just nuked the town they literally nuked the town i'm exhausted from watching this movie there's gonna be a sequel and I'm not gonna see it. Well, you know what? That movie can eat a bag of dicks, and like I said before, Karate Kid could eat a bag of dicks. At least it had a plot. I'm not giving it credit. Jaden still sucks. That movie still sucks. But you know what? Call spade a spade, people. And that's all I gotta say about fucking. I watch these movies so you don't have to. Welcome back to the Hype Train Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're still here with Jeremy Ty, and we're gonna talk about. Alien 5. Go. But man, like Alien versus Predator, whoever wins, we lose. Right, guys? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, snap. Okay. I'm Alien man. 5. What if they kill each other? Alien 5. Jesus Christ. New Blomkamp is set to mm-hmm. direct the next Alien movie, which may not be Alien 5, which sounds like a direct sequel, actually. 
the concept that they have right now. And what's the concept? A direct yeah, sequel, direct sequel to, to Aliens. To Aliens. So negating three and... Now that's the question. Like, so, they're yeah, very like a... dodgy about answering that question. Wait, so are we talking about, Michael like, Bean will be back. Like, Superman really? Returns? Yes. Michael Bean will be back, so will Sigourney. There's no real word on what the plot is, but it sounds like it's going to be a direct follow-up to Aliens. Fuck yeah. Weird. That's what they need. Do you negate three and four? I mean, do yes. you guys would you guys be comfortable yep. with that? Yes, absolutely. At this oh, point, boy. yeah, because I mean, I don't mind four, but it, there, but it's one of those movies where like I say that, and then when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, except for I forgot there's so much stuff I hate in it. I didn't yeah. like I didn't like how the beginning of the third movie just it it just took all the consequence away from the second movie. Yeah, nothing in the yeah. second movie mattered. Nope, after. nothing at all. Well, it was <laughs> in to like an extent that was just too far you're like whoa whoa so like they all died like whoa whoa yeah like whoa. Newt and Kyle Reese died off screen well because that's the, the other thing it's cheap it's done in such a cheap manner that you feel like you feel like gypped by the movie when it does that nothing's worse than when it. you kill a couple of lead characters off screen for no apparent reason before yeah. before the credits finish. before the credits even finish. because you don't even want to put them in the movie but yeah I mean the only thing that I'm kind of hesitant about this new Alien movie is uh, New Blomkamp. I love District 9. I did not particularly care for Elysium. I like, I thought, I like District 9 a lot. Other than yeah. those movies, what has he directed? I, I thought Chappie was garbage. I thought Chappie was just pure garbage. And I don't know if... I haven't seen it. Oh, man. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, 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 I hesitate to even tell you to check it out. It's... Huh. It's yeah. not even worth watching? God, it's it's got a lot of problems. No entertainment value, though? Well, it's got Hugh Jackman in the mullet. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. I don't know. Rent it. Or watch it on Netflix when it comes out there. All right. Fun facts. Fun facts with Jeremy Ty. Aliens. Mm -hmm. James Remar. Yes. Who, uh, you know, you might know him as uh, Harry Morgan, Dexter Morgan's dad on the show oh. Dexter. Yeah. Uh, he's played, you know, characters like that. He's played, he played Ajax in uh, The Warriors. <laughs> I no, love The pure, Warriors. Pure libido, that guy. He was supposed to play Hicks. Really? really? In fact, he was. He went to training camp with the rest of the guys that played the Colonial Marines. Well, no, you mentioned this while we were watching the film. Yes. James Cameron, not a fan of Michael Bean. No, he's film? buddies with Michael Bean. No, but you so he, he fired, he fired James Remar, oh, and replaced him with Michael that. Bean over creative differences. And if you ask uh, James Remar, um, I have, I'll give you guys a link to this interview. James Remar said it was because James Cameron caught him smoking pot. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that Fun does. Fact. You can't smoke pot if you want to go underneath the water and so a yeah, submarine. So yeah, I mean, Michael Bean and uh, our friend Hudson, Bill Paxton. Boo. Yeah, they're uh, they're Jim Cameron's like buddies. You know, he'll never, he'll well, never let go. You say, I thought you, I could have sworn you said one of the actors that Jim, he didn't want them in the movie. But was that was you were talking about? Yeah, Remar? James Remar. That's yeah. What, I, I thought you meant Michael Bean. Okay, fun fact: Alien Three. Yes. Now, that movie's got so many problems, and well, can, cheaply. Before you give a fun fact, can you? I want you to give me a synopsis of Alien Three, please. Okay, so uh, the shuttle that um, Ripley and company were on crash lands on this prison planet, essentially, where they lock up men with double Y chromosomes, and they're just pure aggression, pretty much. And of course, all of her previous crew members are dead. 
Of course. No consequence from either of the first yeah, like we're, And we're somehow the queen alien planted a couple of eggs on the shuttle. So you get a couple of face huggers and the whole thing starts all over. Starts all over again. And it turns out that um, something was gestating inside of her. And of course, the company tries to go to retrieve it. She heroically sacrifices herself. Sigourney Weaver thinking that'll be the end of the franchise. I'll collect my paycheck. Not so lucky there. Nope, 90s. And, uh, I mean, the biggest problem with that film really started at the very beginning, when Fox really wanted a sequel. They only had the briefest of concepts. When did it come out? 92? Yes, 92. Yeah, and they already started building sets based on a very loose concept. They didn't even have a complete script yet. They set a release date, and then they completely change up everything as they were shooting. Originally, the fun fact... Originally, Alien 3 was supposed to take place in a giant space monastery that was full of uh, monks. Space monks? Yeah, uh, space monks in a giant space station made out of wood. Yeah, that actually sounds like a movie I'd rather see. Yeah, and they all have guitars. Oh, yeah. But they were like, they can't be monks. They have to be prisoners. They were already building these sets, and they converted those sets into a prison set. They're like, guys, we, we have to shave her head. We have to. <laughs> but the problems with that movie don't end there. I mean, as... Sigourney, though, bald? Not bad. No, yeah. not too bad. I'd well, still hit it. she liked <laughs> the cut of director David Fincher's jib. And oh, pretty I'm much sure she did. was on board with everything that he wanted yeah. to do. Well, and like David Fincher's other movies, including what, like he did, what, Fight Club? Fight Club, Seven. Seven. Uh, oh. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. All of them. Yeah. Social green. Network. Those movies are so green. And Alien 3 is the greenest movie I've ever seen. Zodiac. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. Zodiac. Alien 3, very problematic film. It's actually more entertaining to watch the documentary on the making of Alien 3 yes. than Alien 3 itself. Like Dr. Moreau? It's called uh, Rage and Ravage. Wasn't Fincher, like, basically uh, maligned by the studio from the start? Oh, yeah. They hated him. Yeah. Which I'm sure that's... He was a young, hotshot director straight off of music videos. Oh, yep, that'll do it. Hey, but, hey, you know, he turned out fine. Look at where he is now. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, fun fact. Fun fact. Directed by uh, Jean Reno... uh, Jean... Pierre Genot. I was gonna say, yeah, Jean Reno. Not Jean Reno. He doesn't know from it. from the professional. But yeah, Jean Pierre Genot. I, I can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry, guys. Um, right between uh, City of Lost Children, very good film, and probably his most famous film, Amelie. Uh, really glad that Resurrection did not derail his career. It really could have derailed yeah. his career. But well, it didn't. He, but Amelie. Wait, Amelie wait. was amazing. And the time film out. was written by yeah. Joss Whedon. I was just about to say that. Time out. Also, oh, yeah, hair. Joss Whedon wrote it. Neither of them were happy with it. Great writer, and then, yep, just totally farted that movie out, did that studio. And, you know, you see a lot of the Joss Whedon flourishes from, uh, you know, the girl that secretly is a robot. Yep. (laughs) And... Well, that whole crew feel... That Ripley, a character like Ripley, is right in his house. Right up his Mm -hmm. alley. Well, and also, I felt that, like... Oh, no, he doesn't like women. I felt like, uh, the whole, like, assassin, (laughs) like, like, um... Um, Ron Perlman's like assassin crew, or whatever they were. Oh yeah, they, they were, were totally essentially Domcoats. Yeah. yeah, they were Firefly. <laughs> exactly. I uh. love that my fa- one of my favorite things about that movie. Fun fact: my favorite part of that movie is the guy with the guns that come out of his sleeves. Oh, oh yeah, I love the wheelchair that's actually made out of guns. Oh, the gun wheelchair is great too. <laughs> All right, Alien Resurrection. Okay, Sigourney Weaver makes a no look basketball shot. 
on her first take. Take one. Yeah, and they, they said that they were going to fill in it digitally, but it didn't matter because she just made the fucking shot. I will Wait, also for the listeners at home. Synopsis of Alien Resurrection. Oh yeah, we should do that too. Yeah. Oh God, I don't even fucking remember like all the particulars, but the important thing is, bunch of uh, mercenaries, uh, ne'er do wells, pirates, I guess. Yeah, they're like pirates. What were they doing on that ship? I don't even remember. It's it's years and years like. Hundreds of years, I think, after uh, Alien yeah, 3. It is. And uh, the company, which merged with other things, is no longer called uh, Wayland Utani, I don't think. They're beginning to clone the remains of Ripley so that they could get the xenomorph back because yeah. everybody wants their hands on that. And what biology. happens is when she's cloned, she gets mixed with the embryo that was in her stomach. And they so it. she becomes like she's this half alien, half a hybrid human. now. Yeah, yes. she's and no longer completely is, human. And she has a half alien, half human baby. Yep. Essentially. All right. Shall we head over across to uh, Japan? Uh, yes, please. Oh, man. A lot of fun. They love the alien movies, particularly uh, the Ridley Scott and James Cameron one, you know, which we've just seen. And um, one of the most popular video game series from Nintendo is uh, Metroid, and there are a lot of loose parallels between uh, the first four Metroid games and the four uh, Alien movies starring uh, Sigourney Weaver. And these are just very, very loose kind of connections, but I think they're fun. All right, let's hear them. In both Alien and Metroid, you know, you get uh, a tough hero first encountering, you know, this crazy creature that, you know, really fucks up your system. Yeah, very loose connection, right? Aliens and Metroid 2, The Return of Samus, is essentially the story of bringing the fight to the aliens. Oh! Yeah. Revenge! Revenge, right. So, Alien and Aliens, what are your last thoughts on this? I mean, it's a highly influential series, and I'm not sure if we really need more sequels. I feel like the first film is absolutely perfect. And I even, I mean, there are things about the second film that I have problems with, even. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and... So I, know, I feel like every time you do a sequel to this series, it kind of cheapens it every time. And I'm not even going to really talk about the Alien vs. Predator movies. But, uh, God damn it! every time, they, they, they kind of fuck it up. So, please. I'd rather see a sequel to Prometheus at this point. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, Prometheus is just awesome. But yeah, I mean, perfect film. I love the cast of the original Alien, you know. And, uh, man, Sigourney Weaver. Amazing actress. Nice titties. Yeah, no bra. <laughs> tits. <laughs> she is the tits. Yeah, she is tits. the tits. No ass, though. No, she has... None at all. She is minus an ass. Not at all. That's hey, okay. Whatever, I can I'm sympathize okay. with I'm that. I'm okay I with got that. big boobs. Courtney, what are your butt. final thoughts as a therapist? Um, I'm left wondering the amount of trauma left on Newt and Ripley. Well, don't worry about Nuke, because she fucking died. Yeah, yeah she dies in Crowley. Well, that, none of that matters. Well, just focus on the first two films. Well, in the first two unless films... They, pretend, unless they bring her back in, the, in this new sequel, yeah, which no, would be hilarious. Yeah. Let's just act like we live in a perfect world where they never made any more alien movies after Aliens. Yeah, so that, that's where she's speaking from. Like, yeah. after the events of Aliens... <laughs> how fucked up would Nuke be? But after the events of Alien, oh. the first one... First of all, discovering that we're not alone out there, and she's the only person on the... She's the only human being in the universe that knows that. Right. That's well. That's fucking well, that was a big reason evil, why she the evil suits. 
They, yeah, well, they know about it, but they don't know anything about it. That's why right. they want her to bring that's it back. They're, that's why they're stupid. Well, and that's, and that's, like, a huge thing, too, because that's all she knew. So from the first alien, that's all she... She got back. She finally, after 57 years of being in stasis, even though she did not want to go and she was adamant about not going back, she decided to go because that's all she knows. How do you go... It's. It, I mean, it has a lot to do with, like... Like, I think of, like, people in the Army or the Marines or anyone that have to, like, deal with war. You're put in those situations. How the fuck do you go back to real life? Especially when you don't have that, like, support. Right. She can't. You, she you ends up can't. going back to so space. You want to go back to space. Also, even though you don't want to go back there and you're terrified, it's all you know. And I nope. also just want to just talk about the phobia. The phobia I have with the claustrophobia when Bishop was going through the fucking little circular yeah. vent. That was horrifying. I hated watching it. It's like, but it's okay. He's hard. an artificial human. Yeah. Oh, I No one it. cares about him. Yeah, but it made me feel uncomfortable. Well, what about also just the idea of, like, Ripley's desire for revenge? And also, I mean, like we talked about earlier, her mother instinct if you if you act like the film had that one scene that they cut out but I mean like really that idea for like is it about really about her desire or her lack of having any life left in this world or is it that she wants to go back and kill those fucking aliens because I think if you ask James Cameron he'd say he want, she wants to go back and kill those fucking aliens I feel like the 1980s were all about vengeance oh, yeah, yeah and then it was like totally okay to have it was to the end of the vengeance. cold war yeah <laughs> And then Tarantino started to make movies about how revenge wasn't always the best thing. Well, final thoughts, Kevin. My final thoughts on Alien and Aliens, like, is pretty much very similar to what Jeremy said. Like, Alien is one of my all-time favorite movies. I have it on VHS, so that says a lot, because I'd rather watch it on VHS to remember how my life used to be when I was a child. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much a near-perfect film. The only problems I have with it are stuff that, like, you can't even really give it shit for, like, the fact that the alien costume kind of looks dumb sometimes when you see too much of it and shit like that. We also we watched it in HD. Yeah, we and watched we also it watched night. it having, like I said, having seen it many, many times, so you have a totally different look at it, but it's one of those few movies from that era that I feel like, or I am, yeah, few, but it's just one of those movies that holds up still after all these years and looks great, and, and there's still parts of it, and even in parts of Aliens that look like it from a film that came out nowadays... Stan Winston as in Aliens is really the best thing about it. I don't like James Cameron movies. I think Avatar is one of the worst movies of all time. And and like I said when we were watching it, it's basically, he uses the same plot in Titanic as he does at the end of Aliens. But as far as a sequel goes, there's really no else, nowhere else you can go. So it's a great movie, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's even necessary. Like he kind of said, I think Aliens is the only one you would ever need. Alien yeah. and I would argue, as my final thought, that you really don't even need the second movie. You don't. That's what I mean. You yeah. don't. You the don't. first one stands so great on its own, but they also work well together. It's like if you're the type of guy that likes to eat peanut butter out of a jar with a spoon, <laughs> but you also love PB and J's. You know, like you can have either one. You can have either one. Yep. You don't need the PB and J if you've just got the peanut butter. This <laughs> this analogy well, just got yeah, lost on myself, yeah. but it, it, it stands alone. The first movie is a film. It is a beautiful film. What you're reading? I've been really digging uh, Abe Sapien, and you basically get one of the former. Well, I know he's still a hero, but he's separated from his team, and he's just trying to discover himself. Which you know, I feel like we can all relate to, except. He's in this hellscape version of America where monsters are just crawling out of the woodwork and everything's going to hell. 
Jesus. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Very Lovecraftian. And he himself is continuing to mutate into a worse and worse monster. Wondering if he's going to bring about the apocalypse. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's really great. And speaking of uh, TV shows, been watching Gravity Falls, which is really funny kids show. Disney? Yeah, Disney. Disney. XD. <laughs> but I know that I watch all of them. Oh, yeah. so good. <laughs> <Showed me. laughs> what's amazing about that though is he that he showed me this amazing video man, today. I've also been catching up with uh, Rick and Morty on Adult Swim. Same here. There's actually a hidden connection between Gravity Falls, this kid show, and Rick and Morty, this really nasty send-up of the sci-fi genre. I'll post and, the video too. Man, like, it's fantastic. I recommend both shows for very different reasons. But if you're into sci-fi, you get two sides of the coin right there. Yeah, if you like Lemon Grab from Adventure Time, it's that's Justin Roliad is is yeah, one of the Yeah, he's uh, the co-creator of the show. And, and Justin Justin Roliad, you know where I know him from? He did an internet cartoon called The House of Cosby's. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, great and, stuff. All right. Courtney. How you doing? Dying. <laughs> Okay. Don't die on our podcast. Actually, no, wait, die on our podcast. That'd probably get us like tons Boost of questions, the right? Ratings. We had someone die on this Local podcast. Local girl. Local girl dies on the awesome <laughs> podcast. Front page. Front page. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Courtney, what have you been reading lately? Um, I haven't been reading too much, but what I most recently read was The Killing Joke. Ooh, classic. By Alan Moore. By Alan Moore, yes. The original author. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely... It was uh, one of my first, like... Cape a, books. Cape, yeah. Right. And a, a Batman, particularly. But I won't talk too much about that. Uh, obsessed about Frasier. Still. <laughs> Watching lots of Frasier. I know it's strange, but I watch Frasier every day. It's what I go to bed to. I listen to the cranes. Well, they're all ther- therapists. Uh, Niles is a therapist. Frazier, therapist, yep. Courtney, therapist. I dude. find a kinship with them. <laughs> yeah, dude, my he crane could, boys. He could he could read the phone book and I'd pay him to do it. Yeah. Of course, he got the voice. He was the best beast. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer's oh. daughter does a voice on Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, oh, that's wow. right. Yep. Cool. Anything else that you've been reading? Um, I actually have been listening to a lot of How Did This Get Made? Sweet. Oh, Ooh. podcast. Um, so I'll fuck that. those guys. Oh no, fuck! I love that. <laughs> and listen to them. You know, I only, I only like <laughs> wear my How Did This Get Made shirt almost every time. I'm pretty sure you wear it. Well, that was day. one of my. Well, that was one of my. Uh, what you've been reading lately? So I'll just jump over to me. Um, I just finished today listening to the last episode in their entire catalog. So I just finished listening to every episode of How Did This awesome. Get Made. Now I'm just eagerly awaiting How's the that? next one. How's the that? Fe- Welcome to the future, brother. How does that feel? I was saying, it felt like <laughs> my best friend moved away, and now it can only come once in a while, like once every two weeks. I know, right? That's the only time Isn't I get to sad? hang out. And, and I only asked for like if you wanted to hang out, and you said no. So only I for like an hour. Like, yes. I'm really hoping that one day they bring the live show to Boston. Oh, I know, dude. I'm, oh. I'm willing to drive to New York to yeah. see one. Yeah. Dude, honestly, we should do a field trip. To New York. If it's New York, they and we it. can make it. We'll make an episode in the hotel room or wherever we end up fucking sitting in the car. Live. <laughs> wherever how we are. Get made live. On like a park <laughs> bench somewhere. Um, I've also been reading lots of John Hickman's Fantastic Four. Just got to a really awesome place Thanks. where Doom has like his greatest comeuppance, and that is pretty dope. Um, other than that, kind of watching Frasier. And, uh,. You know, that's kind of it. Lots of Secret Wars. Still going strong. I'm loving most of the tie-ins. I like that a lot. And that's pretty much it. 
Anything else, guys? I don't know. What, what about you, about? Nick? Oh, Nick's not here. Yeah, Nick's not we here. We miss Nick this week. Come back to us, Nick. Yeah. So am I he's, Nick? Um, I love you. He's, am uh, I Nick here? Yeah, well, yeah, it's okay, Nick man. Tonight. He's fighting He's fighting a Yeti and making a movie. So It's pretty dope. And the movie's <laughs> about him fighting a Yeti. Yeah, so it works out. But it's not the same Yeti that he's fighting. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a total coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeremy, thank you very much for coming on the Hype Train today. Yeah. Oh, no problem. You Thanks for having me. You filled the void that we've been having in our hearts for so long. Yeah, and now you do this more often. I know. And then I never call back. Are you hyped? <laughs> Are you hyped? I'm hyped. Oh, yeah. Well, You're because a choo-choo. I'm Anthony Arsenio. This is Courtney Miranda. Hi. Jesus Christ. This is Courtney Miranda. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, you have to say. <laughs> yeah. Can you say can't, something? We can't hear you, yeah. Wave. Okay. This is Courtney Miranda. There's no ACs in space. This is Kevin Harden. I mostly touch myself at night, mostly. And this is Jeremy Ty. In space, no one can hear you podcast. And <laughs> I'm Anthony Arsenio once again. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> See you next time on the Hype Train Podcast. <laughs>
That was Church Parking Lot by Safer Bombs. Thanks for listening, you piece of shit. And don't forget to tweet us at HypeTrainPod on Twitter. And also check out HypeTrainPodcast.wordpress.com for all your extensive show notes. Remember, we hate you.